This is Deepa Narayan, social science researcher and host of What's a Man podcast. My goal in doing this podcast is simple, to open up the conversation about men and masculinity in a non-judgmental way, with compassion and deep listening. In this episode, I speak to another man of courage, a man who not only changed himself, but now uses his wide platform to help other men and people across genders to change into their expanded selves. His name is Nikhil Taneja. Nikhil's life story helps us to see so clearly that our strong beliefs about how men should live their lives is a made-up story. Masculinity is a made-up story. It's a story made up by our parents. It's a story nailed into us by hundreds of relatives, magazines, movies, strangers on the street, all supporting one story of how a man should be, how he should behave, and what he should do. What is masculinity? It's the single most important story in our lives, and yet we don't talk about it. We don't ask. We assume it. What's a Man? Masculinity Podcast in India by Deepa Narayan. Our partners are Hubhopper, the gender lab, who work with adolescent boys and girls on gender awareness, chup circles, safe spaces for conversation, and Youth Ki Awaaz, the largest online platform for youth voices. This podcast is supported by the American Center New Delhi. The opinions presented in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the American Center or the U.S. government. Nikhil is a writer, producer, storyteller, teacher, public speaker, and a mental health advocate. He's co-founder and CEO of Yuva, a purpose-driven youth media research and impact organization. Nikhil's career peaked early. His films for the youth wing of the Yashraj films became award-winning big hits. He's worked for some of the biggest media houses in India, including MTV and Hindustan Times. So, Nikhil, welcome. So great to see you and to be with you. You have so many accomplishments and you're still so young. You're 34. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Deepa. Not everyone is an organizer, Nikhil. And you have shown over and over again how you step up. And you clearly have a very strong social conscience. Can you talk about how you think that developed? Is it family? Is it your mother, your father? What are the influences? What happened? Why do you have such a strong sense of social conscience, social justice? That's a great question, Deepa. (laughs) Think about Um, your childhood. Think about your early influences, later influences, teachers, parents, books. What is it? I always had some empathy while growing up. I think a lot of that is uh, thanks to my uh, mother. I think this is the case of every young person in 20 years ago, right? Uh, 20, 30 years ago, I would say, uh, where uh, the family structure was such that the father is going out to work and the mother is staying at home and, uh, you know, taking care and raising the child. Right. Uh, the fact that my mother was mother who was a homemaker and she was uh, raising us, you know, I would also see her 
you know having these incredible hobbies you know she was always the smartest person in our house right she was always the person who actually you know was able to do everything from math sums you know for me and my brother or and to to be able to paint her own pots and and you know was able to do interior decorations and was able to cook incredible meals my father was obviously at this point just going out and earning money right i'm not saying right. i'm not minimizing that right. uh, but he was not there you know he was just mm-hmm. never there for us and i yeah. think that can be said of a lot of friends that i've had so the right. father's job is always considered to be this incredible thing that the father is doing even as a young boy i would always think that how unfair it is to have that one you know mother in every household and and job that she was doing which is actually raising human beings mm-hmm. that is a job that she's not getting paid for which is just which blows my mind right do you think she was appreciated I mean, did your father appreciate? Was was there peace at home? Was there love at home? Or how was? What um, was the environment like for you growing up? Even as a child, I've seen him do whatever he could to, you know, raise us to different yeah. places in our life. But he just wasn't around for us, you know. So my mother yeah. was really the mother also, and she was also the father. She yeah. was the she was both parents for us. Did you feel loved by your father mm-hmm. looking back as a child? See, I I knew that there is love there. I don't know if I felt it. Like my father's never said no to. anything that we would have asked for right mm-hmm. you know we got the love part from our mother and we were i mean anything we needed and asked for you know he's never you really got. said no you know mm-hmm. but i mean when i look back it was obviously the his whole life and career was just about you know making sure that we are doing better than yeah. yesterday and doing yeah. better than that's the day. pressure men feel so you grew up in bahrain if you look back at that how did living in bahrain as a young child impact you anything that stands out it's a good question these are not questions that have been asked to me very often <laughs> uh, so i don't have ready answers for these no no up. that's good uh, i think i think deeper so what the thing growing up in the middle east uh, as an indian okay so it's not like there's no right indian. you're not you're uh, not the only one yeah you're not yeah you're not the only one you're not isolated but you hold on to your indianness even more because there are you are in a foreign land growing up we used to live actually just a few minutes away from the indian embassy and even as children you know me and my brother would uh, on independence day on republic day we would always go for the flag hoisting at the indian embassy you know it was it was just something we did we would stay there we would see the flag uh, being hoisted we would feel proud we will sing and you know take part in the festivities we'll eat whatever free food was given to us right <laughs> you know i think that's true the world over we did the same thing in the us you know because yeah. in washington dc then then the embassy outside the embassy there's a beautiful statue of mahatma gandhi so we used to always go yeah so i mean exactly you know so that love that you had for uh, all things indian really came from the fact that you were not in india right and that was yeah. your origin that was your uh, you know your you were bound in many ways through yeah. your heart to the to the idea of being indian we used to watch a indian so so our routine as a family friday is uh, the weekly off in the middle east right so yeah. every thursday night our family would go and watch the latest hindi movie in a theater every week no yeah. matter what okay <laughs> so so every single week growing up i have seen you know tushar kapoor movies aftab shiddasani <laughs> movies you know you name it you name it i've seen all those movies maybe up. that's why uh, you became a movie buff 
I just from going to movies. It is, it is exactly because of that reason. You know, I, I felt most at home in in home movie theaters actually because you're surrounded that by Indians right, in that one right, one right. theater. You know, you were all yeah. sh- having that shared experience of knowing that language and laughing at yeah. that language. Uh, yeah. You know, and 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 crying at at the emotions that that made you who you are as an Indian. Right. And then after yes. that, we would go to this one restaurant. We would where we would order the same meal. <laughs> you know. Every Thursday, what you did know, you the, eat? The, uh, it was dal makhani and paneer makhani and 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 the nuns, you know. And know. literally week <laughs> on week on week, we had a booth that they just knew that okay after this that booth was always there for us. Like it was one of those things that if we ever went to that and they, the booth wasn't there, you know the server would come to us and say just give us two minutes. We'll ask them if they can share. I know it's interesting that as you feel more Indian and there's also nostalgia. For yeah, everything that you take for granted is now so far away. Yeah. I think I became more fond of samosas. My longing for samosas <laughs> increased in the that. US. <laughs> you peaked at a very early age professionally, right? Mm-hmm. You started making movies for the young youth branch of uh, Yashraj Films, and you had major hits. And you've now you run the. Uh, film festival the largest film festival for youth and in those years while you were doing all this you also had a meltdown right a nervous breakdown i'd love for you to talk about what happened before and then what happened after and the incident itself my whole life was about chasing success one reason was you know and now we've been speaking about my parents you know uh my mother had done so much to raise us into who we were as human beings and i just ultimately wanted to do whatever i could to do her proud i kind of failed to do that in some way because she initially where she had when we had i had gone into engineering college because that's just what any young indian would do uh, yes right? <laughs> especially just, a boy <laughs> if it's a boy yeah if it's a boy yeah. you have to go to engineering college so i was in nit kurukshetra Uh, for four years, and I, I can tell you, Deepa, within six months, I realized that I don't belong here. <laughs> and and then and then for three and a half years after that, I started, you know, in, in that college every single day. I thought of what would I do if I, you know, I had I had all this time to think of what my life should be because yeah. I definitely am not <laughs> going to be an engineer, right? Did you ever think of leaving? Did you ever think of just quitting, or you didn't have the that you that thought was not allowed? It's also this masculine idea that you know you can't quit. Right, like you're just like uh, men don't give up, you know. Yeah. Men just carry on yeah. and suffer and take the pain and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, so I stayed on. Uh, I in that time I realized, you know, can I do other things with my time? And mm-hmm. and you wouldn't believe it. I have while I was in college, I have interviewed Shahrukh Khan. I've done, you know, the, that kind of thing while I was in third how, year of how college. How did you, you manage know? to do that? So I used to write for a magazine in the Middle East uh, as a fourteen-year-old. So I started becoming. I was the Bahrain youth correspondent for a magazine called Young Times, which is part of the College Times group, right? So it was easy for me to even when I got out of college, I got a job. in hindustan times straight out of college without having to intern or train anywhere because i had this i had like some 500 articles and and published articles in magazines you know since i was 14 for 7 years but of course that was a you know we kind of a pact that was broken between me and my mother and my cuz the intent was as usual you know you do right. you do a engineering <laughs> then you do an mba you, you know, broke the 10 year plan <laughs> i exactly i i broke the 
the the unsaid spoke unspoken i i t i work yeah i i actually bought time from my mother and said like give me like a couple of years and let me see if i can make something out of myself in mumbai i didn't know anybody in bombay started in hindustan times ended up you know for whatever it's worth doing okay enough for me to get into mtv etc 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 and my journey after that there are very few people you would find in the indian patriarchal society who would say why are you doing your job because i enjoy it. that's not an answer that you get very often yeah i was actually doing something that i wanted to do yeah even then i could never enjoy most bits of it because my mind was single handedly uh, sing, sing, single focused of my mind was always about you know doing better getting more money getting a better position getting a better designation climbing the ladder the success has to keep increasing keep increasing expectations Absolutely. keep growing right absolutely with, with with the idea that you know if i've left engineering and i did not do an mba like my mother wanted and i couldn't be exactly like the other people in my peers who have a certain position in their life and certain kind of job in their life can can i do that well in this alternate career and get to that position which yeah. for even though for for all its worth i was doing well enough you know the money in media initially is not that much so for the first 6 7 years of that i was doing everything possible i was getting you know so to speak success in all different ways i did not have the designation of the money to kind of where i felt uh, to, to make my mother proud right in yashraj i finally had that in yashraj i finally got to a place where i was i had a good designation i think the most successful i've been in my life happened there where like literally the success was nationwide like people used to yeah. see the stuff that we made and love the stuff that we made i got a cabin in in like <laughs> i if i they gave me a double promotion i became a gm at at you know 29 uh, which yeah. was like i was one of the youngest gms in in i think overall at at you know in general managers right yeah you yeah. know when i reached there and i got it and i had made it so to speak yeah that's when i slowed down in my head because like i was like okay i've, I've done it now i've made, I've made right. my mother proud my mother right. literally my mother literally i got her to come to yashraj sit in my cabin and like just be there for a second and realize okay this is it you know i have yeah. made you finally proud and i could see that she's proud and that was like okay but then once i Beautiful. did it mm. that the must question be very was, rewarding for you it was it was but see it was immediately followed by yeah. uh, a breakdown for all practical yeah. purposes because once i did it the question was then now what then you could let loose yeah yeah, yeah. now what i yeah. have now chased this this dream this ambition this success mm-hmm. since i was a kid i have got it now now what and then suddenly you know different aspects of my you know brain my my heart my you know soul everything i mean it was so weird because it was like this this some random existentialism that kind of started creeping up you know that where do i go from here now because i've i've done most of the things that i wanted now the obvious thing is like do more of it right yeah and just enjoy it ideally like do more of this and enjoy it this time where the first time you were just doing it for you know all practical purposes for the money etc etc now you do it because you want to do but i was just incapable of even wanting that you know it was just like i my brain was conditioned to only look at you know work in terms of success and and failure and in terms of money yeah. and in terms of designations uh, but not in terms of actually doing the things that i wanted to do just a series of events happened after i got the success which which just made me which put me in this space where where i i started having panic attacks i started having anxiety which i did not know at that time was anxiety what did anxiety look like for you 
Do you mind um, describing it so people understand? Yeah. So I had a I had a very physical response to anxiety. In that I would sweat a lot. Okay, at the smallest of things, you know, literally things like the things that started building in my head would be like I have said hi to somebody, and they have not responded. What are they mm-hmm. thinking? Why did they not respond? What did I say wrong? Did I say it in a certain way? Did should I have mm-hmm. said something different? Should I even have wished them? So that you know, mind I, inside is the, up all kinds of yeah, stories yeah, that yeah, pull you yeah. down, and the whole day is gone. gone. And then I could I would be crippled. You know, I wouldn't be able to move out of my bed thinking that I I would sweat. I would <laughs> I would my heart had a palpitations in my heart. and i did not realize at that time that this is anxiety you, you know? didn't have any way yeah. of naming it or labeling it or yeah getting help yeah okay yeah. And, and that must be very to, hard yeah like when when you have a physical ailment you can see it right you can see yeah, that something exactly. is happening nothing there is absolutely zero conversation this is still 4 years ago 4 years ago deepa right now there's still a lot of conversation about mental health it's changed a lot it's yeah. changed incredibly last, in yeah. last 2 to 1/2 two years 4 4 and a half years ago as a man for me to decide to take therapy yeah. was one of the biggest most the t- difficult decisions of my life not because of the stigma that others may have because of the stigma i had in my own mind about what it meant am i weak am i lesser than anybody else you know is there something wrong with me that i need to fix to go to therapy you know yeah. it took me a whole lot of of effort to get myself you know to to a therapist and then i unraveled in many ways and how long did you stay in therapy and was that helpful it was the most helpful thing it is it is the thing that has changed my life like my, my i can see my life as a before yeah. and after with therapy right you know, that's like right therapy, <laughs> yeah you know my, my life after therapy i was diagnosed then with clinical anxiety like i was given yeah. a clinical term that what you have yeah. is clinical anxiety which a first was actually really i don't know it just kind of made you feel a little it made you you know the moment you have vocabulary for emotions that you are exactly. able to understand exactly it's such a relief right yeah you kind of yeah for one second yeah. you know that okay this yeah. is this is a thing you yeah. are not alone in what you're going through exactly. you are not some not something's wrong with you or if there is something wrong with you it's not the only you who is who it is wrong right. with right? right you know so exactly. so what really happened more than just me addressing my anxiety it was really me uh, addressing in many ways patriarchy you know it was me starting to understand what has led up to this anxiety in my life it was really about me, understanding masculinity that was the expectation of, of your gender it was the expectation you know i was doing all of this because i was a man yeah. not because i was nikhil taneja and this is the story i wanted to write for myself when you had the breakthrough you and you realized that you know this is a society where you know there are you know just stories given to all of us that we have to just live out you know without really having any free will in that sense over yeah uh, for a very long time until you have something like an anxiety and there are many people who don't even who who don't have that awareness till the end of their lives exactly. there are more so yeah. many people who will never realize that they spent their entire lives pursuing things that were told for them to pursue right. you know without actually having any kind of free will in decide taking any of those decisions the the reason you do an engineering the reason you do an mba the reason you marry the reason you have children the reason you you know love the kind of people you love the the people the friends that you have all of that is just conditioned into us and yeah. and that breakthrough in therapy really just changed everything for me it it, it changed Beautiful. it changed me as a person so now let's talk about ac after 
after the crisis? Yeah. <laughs> what were some of the changes you went through and how, how was your life different and how were you different after pulling yourself together in a way you want to be? Yeah. So one of the first things <laughs> we ended up doing after actually, and this coincided very much with uh, what was happening parallel in my life, which was Goalkeepers and Bill and Minda Gates Foundation. I ended up, uh, you know, going to New York for the first Goalkeepers event. You know, the speakers of that event included like Barack Obama and, and, and Malala and, and Justin Trudeau and Trevor Noah. And who, suddenly there was this one part of my life which was opening up, which was this, this uh, social development sector. Uh, where people were like really putting their efforts and doing something meaningful in their lives. So one of the first decisions I took and which is like, it was a bizarre decision by any practical way. If you look at it, I was at the peak of my career. Any way you look at it, I was doing really well. And I decided to quit virus, you know, at that point. And uh, uh, it was bizarre. I, I ended up taking in my, you know, the first time, I mean, my life, just taking a sabbatical, you know, leaving my job without a plan. So you gave yourself, you gave your time, self time off and you labeled yeah. it or framed it as sabbatical, but nobody yeah, was yeah. paying you for this, right? No, obviously not. You it were was, basically was, jobless. Was... Oh, what a wonderful Correct. way of framing it. <laughs> I, I was. I, was... <laughs> I also gave uh, myself a sabbatical. <laughs> it, was, it was for self-discovery, you know. So I, I kind of broke, I mean, I kind of ended ties there. It was, it was a new time in my life where I for the first time in my life I was at a place where I did not have to do anything I cut off I stopped doing everything so I was also uh, uh, at that time a film critic with film companion I used to have a YouTube mm -hmm. show of my own which I stopped I used to teach at a college in in Mumbai called Jehind for seven years I was teaching there it was yeah. the most fulfilling most incredible time of my life I stopped that as well uh, uh, so any and every like commitment that I had I just let it go so, so your blank, sabbatical blank was, right. It's the old equivalent of sannyas. <laughs> I, I do. Right, you <laughs> broke off. You broke off all <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what we are. But this is a modern equivalent, right? It is. I guess, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but you're doing it no, in a, you don't go to a cave. You just go in a cave inside. Yeah. That's a that's a fair thing to say. I, I just wanted to really for for once in my life, you know, have a blank canvas and and like the question in my mind was. If I don't have to do any of the things that I'm supposed to do, mm -hmm. then what do I want to do? You know, Beautiful. then who am I? Who am I without all the pressures and conditions and, and burdens and responsibilities that have been put on me as a man, you know, by society and, you know, by patriarchy? Uh, uh, who am I then? You know, and, and that's the, the, the those months I had, obviously, like even worse anxiety, I would say first, because I was not used to having nothing to do. Nothing. No, Imagine no a person frightening. Yeah, so were you in that. Delhi at that time or Mumbai or where were you physically? So I actually became very cliche. Okay, I traveled, on. you know, my family yeah. was refugees for that matter. I kind of put out a status on Facebook just saying that, you know, I've quit everything and I'm looking for like just to, you know, if there's any college and I used to love teaching and speaking to young people anyway. So if there's any college anywhere in the country wants me to come over and, and speak to students, I'm very happy to spend my time with you. So I ended up going to a few colleges in different parts of the country where I was just there for like two to three, three days. I would just do a talk and then I would just listen to a lot of students for two, two, three, three days. I'd sit like literally sit and, you know, people coming in like 
30 40 50 people coming in like okay this is my issue uh, is there any way like and media related issues or whatever career related issues and you know whatever and i'd be like yes i'll i'll, I'll tell you what i can you know uh, and that was really fulfilling so i got to do like all of these things that i had great not done idea before. yeah yeah what a great idea so what emerged at the end of this you know this these are lifelong questions but at least in yeah. this phase what emerged yeah you know so so you are really happened out of that you know uh, in that i kind of realized that the two things that i mean i i realized that yeah i wanted to work with young people for the rest of my life because the most i mean while you've not spoken too much about my time as a teacher and a professor uh, that has always been the most fulfilling thing to me even though you know why rf mtv they were just great i really loved them enjoyed a lot of the work i did over there mm-hmm. but it was a weekends where i would feel fulfilled when i would go and teach uh you know the young people in college i would get to spend time with them i get to listen to them i would and and i think that was a in many ways and look back it was a radical thing i used to do right in that sense which i didn't realize was radical that i was one of the teachers where i was not just talking i would create spaces in my classroom to listen to my students That's nobody so true. wants to listen to nobody them. wants to listen you know i have never been heard in my home i have never been heard in my campus i do i'm not heard in the people uh, who are supposedly love me but in this class i have felt hurt we were and our discussions then started evolving from just about i used to be a professor of journalism so just about journalism and news and current to you know uh, to mental health to what they were going through in their lives to their stories to why were they not being heard you know yeah. so so every <laughs> class then so i started this thing called the kindness project yeah please tell us about that yeah so so i ended up starting again very organically by chance there was one day i kind of just took a, a a specific step and one one day i just came it was a it was also one of those days you know it was raining outside in mumbai it was monsoons a lot of people had ended up still coming to campus and it was sunday morning i was like yes, it's a sunday yes. morning too many of you have still come to my class which is just amazing uh, you have, yes. you know in the middle of the monsoons of course some of them had come for attendance so yeah <laughs> but but yeah. Uh, i was like you know what i don't want to teach today i mean you guys have just come uh, uh, and of course you'll get the attendance but i just while we have this time and we've been having these discussions i just want to ask you a very simple question if you have an answer you know uh, i would love to hear it you know and then the question was that if all the labels that everybody kind of gives you mm-hmm. and the labels that you have for yourself were not there if you did not have any of these labels then who are you and what is your story you know like all of us have given each other labels beautiful right and right believe in them for some reason but outside of this who are you what is your story why are you here and what happened next was just it was life altering you know somebody came and spoke about how uh, you know the label for them was that they are uh, uh, gay uh, what people don't know about them and this this was a person who was really bright and 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 you know out and proud gay right you know so everyone thinks of me as this like completely free and 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 awesome you know gay person etc what you don't really know is that uh, my parents are very deeply devout religious people uh, uh, they have no clue you know while i'm here with you all you know expressing myself openly before i go home i change my clothes i wear you know a uh, very masculine you know dresses and then go back home because if my parents ever come to know you know who i am or what my identity is they would never be able to forgive me yeah uh, uh there were boys who spoke of you know having 
uh, uh, depression, having suicidal thoughts, uh, about fighting their fathers because of the patriarchy in their house. They were they were people who spoke about uh, drug addiction, people who spoke about domestic violence. You know the fact that the topper in the class cried and broke down, saying that everyone thinks that I am a topper and you know my life is perfect because I'm getting all these marks. Uh, except that you don't know that uh, uh, in my house, I'm a, my parents actually wanted a boy and they got a girl. So mm. I I have never been given love in my house. I have been mm. trying to get marks to buy their love, and yet I have my father has never said I love you to me any time I have shown him my report card. And, so sad. It, it changed me. It changed me. It made me realize the importance of. listening the importance of understanding uh, uh you know each other empathy i think so much of my empathy has has come from being a professor and listening to my students and that's a beautiful story and a beautiful turning point for you that then led you to join yuva and here you are four years later at yuva traveling and working with uh working with youth right So, can you talk a little bit about that as we end the work that you do? For example, do you do workshops? What do you do? I don't know how to have how to run a non-profit. So, really, it was a for-profit. We kind of created a space where a youth media company, which would which would listen. So, we would have offline community activations. We did something called the You Are Roadshow of Kindness, where I went across to over hundred campuses of India, where I went over thirty-five cities. Obviously, pre-pandemic. I I have met and heard over ten thousand young people in person in across mm-hmm. the country between two thousand nineteen and twenty, uh, um, and the idea was like if the thing that I did in my one classroom, the kindness project, is it possible for me to try and take that to different parts of India and give the same space safe space to young people across, and you will not yes. believe Deepa, the power of just standing in front of young people. and saying that you matter yeah and saying that yeah. your stories matter yeah that you should be heard it's not about you you can be heard but you should be heard and yeah. if you have never got a safe space this is it yeah i want to listen just these simple simple very words. simple isn't it young people have opened up so many different ways a lot of the work has been f- focused on mental health and gender big part of that is to get young people to understand and young men particularly to understand gender and patriarchy themselves uh, we have been doing active conversation around that beautiful beautiful work i think we don't realize that listening when you talk about listening it's such a simple thing but how poorly we do it and what deep listening how it releases people and how sort of the truth comes out if you can listen without without judgment i want to end with something you said said earlier which is how does patriarchy hurt men you've talked about that a few times or how did patriarchy hurt you right because that was the that was the starting point of it of your unraveling i mean until my therapy sessions you know i never actually thought of myself you know in that sense that my identity i was all my identity was always like okay engineer indian you know punjabi you know whatever mm-hmm. man was never an identity that i ever you know in my head thought of as my primary identity like mm-hmm. i i don't consider myself a very masculine in that masculine in the sense of like i'm not 
uh, uh, I don't have those traits, traditional, you know, yeah, traditional masculine traits in that sense. Uh, you know, I cry in movies. I used to think that that means I'm I'm clearly not a masculine man. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. except that in therapy, I realized that actually my entire life has happened because of being a man. The fact that I was chasing these goals of you know these to-do lists and these you know the checklist that that. every man has to do you know that after engineering at a certain age you need to earn a certain amount of money at a certain age you need to get married at a certain age you need to have this kind of a designation you know or a certain kind of car or a certain kind of house those were yeah. the only things that i was working towards you yeah. know uh, uh, never in my life had i taken a time to even today even today deepa in on weekends you know if i don't have something to do i immediately start getting anxiety because it is so ingrained in me as a man to always be productive yeah. always keep hustling to do that to to get further in your life that self care yeah. is almost yeah. like is oppressive you know it yeah. is like it is unmanly it is not masculine you know and it's it's taken me so long to try and break out of that you know and and this what people don't recognize about patriarchy are are aspects like this that you know think about it and you know and you've obviously done so much work around this deepa you know you you know you would be the first person to understand this in that like you know when you hear of your parents i mean you hear of people's parents and older folks you know domestic violence that happens in their household you know you hear of alcoholism that happens you know for that matter you know there are you know in within the marriage assaults you know uh, uh, marital rapes that happen all of this has this really comes from a comes from a place of power comes from a dynamic of forcing your masculinity and and a lot of this is because as young boys none of these men were ever told that you can seek help you can express yourself you can find help vulnerability is not weakness and because yeah. none of this was ever spoken of of when they were young they grew up to be these men who were so toxic masculine that they were they were doing these these harsh are terrible things in their lives every terrible thing a man has done has can can really be traced back to the fact that when they were a boy they were told to be that person when they grew up you know mm-hmm. uh, they were told to not express themselves they were told to not seek help seeking help has always been seen as weakness it has been yeah. seen as an unmasculine mm-hmm. thing to do men are so wrapped up in that idea that they can they are happy to do atrocious terrible you know things and uh, in their lives but at, at the cost but not take therapy but not go to do go to a doctor not get themselves diagnosed not seek help not cry not be emotional not put themselves out there not not be not admit that you know they have done something wrong yeah because it's so ingrained in them patriarchy yeah. has been oppressive to men as well you know but men will never understand that because men benefit from it right because they get to be in the position of the power but these positions of power have also been ingrained in us you know like what do you get after a certain kind of time with power patriarchy kind of tells you that there's a new milestone the richest person right. in the world is trying to get richer the, right. you know the, right. the, the person right. with the maximum things in the world is trying to get even more things so then yeah. what is the point at what point do you really just you know say it's enough it's yeah, a never it's ending enough. cycle it's a yeah. never ending cycle which does not release you till you die you are you are going through you know depression anxiety trauma uh, uh, mental health uh, you know there's such mental health implications uh, uh, and you are not taking any time to recognize that or kind of work on that or be happy to, right or be happy. 
Thank you for that. I think that's really profound and you've said it so clearly. I, what I found from our interviews also is that men feel alone. Yeah. And yet they are so afraid of allowing themselves to even yeah. see that. Right? Yeah. Because then the demons start coming because you've created this whole world which exactly I think your story will resonate with so many men because we think of toxic masculinity only when it comes to violence. Absolutely. But, right? But you, as you explained so beautifully, and this is what I'm writing about, is that elements of toxic masculinity is in our child rearing, in how we raise boys, and is hovering inside each one of us, women too. And that given the right circumstances, it comes out. So the pressures you felt to this endless drill of producing, 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 being most successful and most successful, it's endless. Yeah. It eats you up. Absolutely. You know, you know, you know, Deepa, you, I mean, you put it so well. Uh, it is, you know, I have started recognizing that the reason that most men don't have empathy for others is because they don't have empathy for themselves. Exactly. You know? If, if you've never been kind to yourself, yeah. you can never learn to be kind to anybody else as well. Yeah. You know, and that's the, the, the core of, of all the problems that we see that, you know, no, so few men are, are actually to give themselves a break, actually yeah. sometimes say that it's okay, it's enough, you know, I don't need to be doing more, I don't need to be uh, running more, I don't need to be achieving or succeeding or moving forward more. It is enough. Yeah. I can spend this time with my family. I can spend this time with the people I love. You know, I can I can take a day off without having anxiety about not being productive. That's a wonderful message from your message of giving permission, men giving themselves permission to slow down and that it's okay. It's not does not need to be an endless grind with without any end in sight. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the work that you're doing, Nikhil. Thank you. Thank you, Deepa, for asking me these, these questions, which I've never really thought of myself. So uh, thank you so much. Nikhil Taneja is a man of courage. Not only has he changed, he's using his considerable skills and empathy to create safe spaces for other young people across genders to change. Change happens in many different ways. When men and people across genders share their truths and feel heard, it connects them to others in powerful ways and it dissolves shame and self-judgment. Nichols' approach fits perfectly with our approach of slow conversation and deep listening. This simple process opens up new possibilities for them, new constructions of masculinity that are different from the expectations young people absorb from their parents and repeated by society. Change is waking up to the possibility that you can be different and still be loved and still be a man, a full human being, freed from a cage, confident. There's nothing as attractive as a self-confident man a confidence that is open-hearted, an open-hearted confidence in who you are 
and who you want to be. Safe spaces give permission. Nikhil, through sharing his story, is giving us permission, giving other men permission. Give yourself permission. Give others permission. Imagine a different future. This is Deepa Narayan. Join me in slow conversation. Listen deeply. Share your stories with others and us. Do subscribe to our channel on Hubhopper, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, or wherever you are currently listening. Our website is whatsaman.com. You can reach Dr. Deepa Narayan at DeepaVOP on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center, New Delhi. The opinions, findings, and conclusions stated are those of What's a Man, Masculinity in India, and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State. Our partners are Hubhopper, the Gender Lab, who work with adolescent boys and girls on gender awareness. Chup Circles, safe spaces for conversation, and Youth Ki Awaaz, the largest online platform for youth voices. Yeah! Oh, oh, oh.